buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, what is happening? Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today is a special, special episode. I've got my man, Rob Knapp, here with us today. Um, this will be round two. We're having Rob Knapp come back. We're going to have a little bit of a different conversation. You can check out the first episode back when it was Sales Hustle or a little bit more of the origin story of Rob Knapp. But uh, if you don't know who Rob Knapp is, he's an entrepreneur, founder, coach, trainer, podcast host of Bare Necessities, and now author of The Social Soul. Rob, how you doing? Doing well, my guy. Thanks for having me back on. And um, happy New Year to you and your family. Glad to uh, be back on the pod. It's been uh, a lot since we last chatted early in 2020 when we first met. It was like February or March of 2020 when we got things rolling and uh, excited to be back on almost a year later now. Yeah, yeah. There's And there's a lot to talk about since the last time. <laughs> a lot's <we> happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just, you know, for those who maybe didn't tune into the first uh, Rob Knapp episode here. Yeah. Um, give us a little bit of Rob's story. Like, you know, I know you have a pretty interesting path of traveling a lot and doing a lot of interesting yeah. things. So, so give us the short version and then yeah. let's get into a little bit more social soul yeah. topics. I love it. I love it. So the short version is my background's very diverse. I never walked a linear path. Uh, got my start in um, sales and marketing. I was a recruiter in the Midwest for back during software development days did Fortune 500, Forbes 100 recruitment. Did that for five years. Uh, met my now wife in small town Iowa. She happened to be my best friend from college's kid sister. Uh, three months in our relationship, she was like, Ayo, like, I don't do long distance. I'm moving to Italy, Europe, to get my master's when I graduate, break up, and in the heartache now or come with. And I was like, screw it, let's go. Moved to Italy, got a master's in Milan in international multi-channel marketing. I coached professional American football while I was there. And I started working for a direct-to-consumer e-com startup um, as head of content and brands, scaled them from 5K to 100K MRR in six months, um, did some really cool stuff with them, which brought me to New York through an accelerator program. Um, after that, as startups go, we didn't scale to the US, so lost that job, went back into recruitment here in New York for a large global corporate, went into another recruiting firm, got fired for the first time, Started my own mm. two businesses two and a half years ago, and now just rolling um, with my training development company. And you know, kind of why the social soul even happened is when I made that jump. So I worked in recruiting; I was a big networker. When I made that jump to Italy, I had to figure out how to stay connected. And I was traveling for football. 
I had gotten to travel like 12, 13 countries, 55 cities while I was there for two years, meeting people from all over the world. And I was like, how do I keep everything straight? How do I keep track of everything? Right? Social media. Right? So I started leveraging social relationships. And then when I came to New York, I started leveraging those for, you know, startup, for finding people here, for all these different things. And that's that's where this all got born out of was that moment and having to figure out how to manage a global network. And it just became a passion project of mine, which culminated into a book now. Yeah. Boom. That is the super condensed Rob Knapp story. <laughs> Very there. Um, I've, <laughs> I've heard, you know, from having you on and just our conversations and even just like listening to some of the other pods that you've been on. Uh, I've heard the story, you know, a, f- a few different times, but for whatever reason, I can't help but just totally smile when you tell the part about where your wife was like, yo, I don't do long distance. You coming with me or not? And yeah. you just, I'm just picturing you, you know, packing all your shit up and saying, let's go. Yeah. I mean, it was, I make it sound that way. And it was like, I, I was pretty convinced because I had known her for a while as my, my best friend's sister. When we kind of had that moment we started dating, I was all in. Like, I was, you know, I dated before, like, later in life. Like, I waited till I was, you know, almost 30 to get married for a reason. Like, I, I kind of knew what I was looking for. And when I met her, it was just like, I kind of knew it. And so when she asked, I was like, man, I got to see where this goes. Like, I kind of, like, danced around. Like, I was more afraid to tell my parents and my family. Because I was kind of, mm. you know, I kind of tried to make her stay, like, convince her to stay. Because I, I had a six-figure income. I just bought a house. Like I closed on my house a month before I started dating her. Three months oh. into dating her, she asked me to move to Europe. Nine months later, we were gone. Like, that's like, you know, I was at a six-figure income. I bought a house. Like, had my car paid off. Like, all this stuff. And it really wasn't that hard of a decision for me. Cause I just kind of knew. Um, but, you know, I, 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 on the back end, there was a lot of back and forth. But I, what was the worst that was going to happen? I kind of thought, like, you know, I've never really traveled. I've never gotten out. I've got some money saved mm-hmm. up. I'm going to go to Italy and either marry this girl or I'm going to be coaching professional American football, getting a master's and living abroad. And I can always come back and make money. Like I knew that I have skills to make money. I knew I had places to come back to, but how cool would it be? Like either, either option didn't sound bad. Right. And the risk was the, the reward was way, way more than the risk. And I was like, absolutely. And it, it worked out. I mean, they, got engaged and you know followed her to New York City and married her it just you know it was one of those things where sometimes you have those moments in life where you just know you know and you just kind of like whatever they say I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say yes to and jump it was it was a very freeing moment I'll tell you that I always let other things dictate my path that was the first time I think after buying a house that I made a commitment to myself um, for something that I wanted to stand for and that was it and uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a crazy whirlwind moment. I still laugh at it because when she asked, I didn't really hesitate. Um, I hesitated after I said yes. Um, but when she asked the moment, I was like, yeah, I'll follow you. Like, why not? I was I was I was sold. It was, it was over early. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love that. Um, got the job, got the house and then just flip your whole world upside down. Yeah. Best for the girl, but made. it worked out, man. I mean, I mean, you've had so many incredible experiences by saying yes to that mm-hmm. outside of even just 
you know, the, the relationship with your wife, yeah. obviously, but just professional experiences through traveling, right? Yeah. Which has kind of really triggered this whole, you know, idea that's covered in the book, like of like how to stay connected in a meaningful, authentic, you know, um, way yeah. with all of these people in these relationships that you've built all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it led me into a path that I never thought possible. Cause I remembered like when I was in Iowa, I was working for these fortune 500 companies. Dwala had just started. Dwala was one of the first like, um, um, blockchain uh, startups that was coming out of Iowa. Ashton Kutcher invested into it. It was like a big deal, uh, especially for Iowa, right? Like Des Moines, like the Midwest, like we want like a startup hub, right? Um, yeah. so, so like I was like getting all into this like startup thing and like all these things and um, entrepreneurship, which I didn't even know really existed. Like, you know, I didn't study that in school. I studied business and marketing. At the time entrepreneurship wasn't like a class like it is now. And that's like going to get a master's and in, and in, in europe and in italy was really cool because it allowed me to explore that vein in a way that I never thought possible which is how i got an internship at a startup which is how i got into a startup accelerator which is how my whole world was created um and this ecosystem i is now and and you know i i it's just amazing it's amazing what happens when you take a chance on things and you open up to life's experiences and you know, that's what i wanted to convey in the social soul is when you do that and you start having these different networks of different things you're doing and different communities you serve and different places you've lived, how do you manage that? And how do you interact authentically mm. and engage in a way that can turn friendships into business relationships, business relationships into friendships, like connections that you don't talk to for years and turn into something down the road just by being authentically you and intentional in how you interact and engage, right? And I use the word engage a lot because it's not about being an influencer. You have enough thing influencers um online like that's not what we're here to do we need to give value and engage in meaningful content and that was yeah man i, I know i'm kind of going on but these i get really passionate about this because this is something that started for me a long time ago and i remember i got the opportunity to, to go speak at a conference in prague called web expo in 2019 mm -hmm. And this is at the time that Jake Dunlap and Gary Vee started talking about social selling. It was kind of this big thing at the time. And I um, I got asked, like, what do you want to talk about on stage? Like, I don't know. I'm open to all these things. Like, well, we really would love this idea of, like, social selling and tools and stuff like that. Would you want to like, speak on it? I was like, why the hell not? This is a passion of mine. I've been thinking about yeah. this. So then I was able to kind of condense all those thoughts in that first part. And I remember <laughs> after I got off stage, uh, before anyone else started talking about social engagement, I got off stage I was talking, interacting with the guests, and I had like 125 people in the auditorium, and about 50 people came up and talked to me. And I remember thinking, it's not about social selling, it's about social engagement. And if there's mm -hmm. one thing I wish I did at that moment is that I started talking about it and shouting from the rooftops then because I waited and held all this in. And now in 2022, finally have a book coming out. But this is like, this is something I've been thinking about, talking about, doing behind the scenes since 2019. It's just, I'm finally glad to get it out it's perfectly imperfect and it's all me of just like this is how to do it and this is you know if you think about where you want to be like here's how you engage with your communities online and community became a big deal during the pandemic and it's overwhelming so, too yeah and 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 i want to dig into this because i mean there's some people who don't even really know what it means to social sell right yeah. but let's just dig in like 
break down the difference between social selling and social engaging with intentionality. Yeah, yeah they're kind of turned hand in hand, right? The idea of social selling is leveraging social tools to laser target a prospect and then connect with them in a different way to break through the noise. That was kind of like the initial like idea. Yeah. Because However, they're using email and phone. And then you kind of use that information to kind of make like a cold call warm or an outreach warm or outreach on a different platform. But we weren't talking about the steps in between, right? And the social engagement is really those steps in between. Like how can I, and I can go and look up Colin Mitchell and I have, right? Before we first talked and we got introduced to do the first podcast, I was like, who is this guy? And I realized we had like, Tons of connections. And before I even come on your show, I reached out to about four or five people. Hey, you know, Colin invited me on his show. I'm really excited about it. You know, what can you tell me? What should I be looking out for? What was your experience with that community and Colin and his show? And, you know, by the time I got on the phone, we were talking like we were friends. Like, I knew things yeah. about you because of the stuff you were posting. I listened to a few of your episodes. I kind of scoped you out on social. Saw that you had family. Like, those things I was able to find. And it was, and we don't talk about how to utilize that information to engage, to, connect to actually start conversations organically through the things we find online social selling we just like okay i find them on social here's they like i'm gonna send them a pitch with that information like we jump to the end result not what is this journey of engaging and creating meaningful conversation so that when we get into that sales process expectations are set or it's leveraged or whatever yeah yeah that's kind of the main difference and so that's a that's a good point, right? Because that kind of tees up like the importance of creating original content, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're a seller, whether you're a sales leader and you're trying to attract talent, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build more relationships. I mean, there's so many different roles that this yeah. applies to. Um, but case in point, right? Like when you, I think I remember when you first reached out to me, like it was just like, there was no, there was no ask, right? Which already is different than the majority of DMs. Um, and then through me checking out your profile, we wanted to have a conversation, which naturally then led to you coming on the pod for the first time. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where our relationship started. And I remember we had a really long conversation, and then you even like posted a picture of us, like like a screen uh, yeah. shot screen of the Zoom or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was clear that like you were in it for the long haul and for the relationship, not just like, hey, what can I get from you? Mm-hmm. Exactly, I mean, and that's, that's what it makes a difference, right? Is that the way that the conversation starts and, and you know, you need to create content and we'll talk about that because I think, you know, in the book I talk about this, that not everyone needs to be a content creator in a sense that not everyone has to just create to to create, right? Like that's actually the yeah. negative and net effect. We have too many people creating more noise. You know, Gary Vee actually talked about this a long time ago in one of his stories about when he started his wine business, right? Cause he wanted to get into wine. So he just started engaging on Twitter all the time. Like he wasn't posting a lot before he started all his posts. He just engaged in conversations. So people started to get to know him. And a lot of us don't actually need to create a lot of content to start those main conversations because we can go engage. Think about your audience. Yeah. Like if I engage on Colin's post and have a meaningful value added comment, it might be like mark at the top, most relevant, get sub threads, other likes and comments, so other people start seeing it and start conversations off that thread. 
And that's just as valuable as creating content. In fact, most people are daunted because I want to create content and I have to start getting people to look and engage and whatever. When you can go to people who post great content that you love and just engage yeah. with it. And like that becomes a whole bigger piece. And you can start looking at, well, who else is engaged with it? Oh, Rob's engaged with it. Oh, Rob seems like an interesting person to get to know. Let me start talking to Rob and engage with him. And maybe it turns out that there's an opportunity to sell to me or business partnership or I can refer business all because I took the moment to engage on your content. So for people who are out there like, I'm afraid of creating, you don't have to create, go engage. That's the that's where you start. You start sharing things that you can eventually turn into content later because those engagement pieces are the same thing. And it just becomes yeah. more self-fulfilling. And once you engage more, whether it's like commenting or DMs or combinations of both, you'll start to get a little bit more comfortable about like the thoughts or the ideas mm -hmm. or the conversations that you have that will like fuel that creativity to create. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Even before that, one of the things that I love sharing is most people are like, I don't know what to talk about or I don't have that many original thoughts. Cool. You want to know how you can create engagement? Use your featured section on your LinkedIn profile page. Use pin posts on your TikTok, right? So you don't have to create as much, but if I go to your page, I see a couple of feature things and you have a good about me section that's not about your company, about you and your journey, that already gives me two, three, five things that I can engage with you on and ask questions. And it gives you probably two or three, five things if people are asking you and engaging on it, asking you questions. You know, shoot, maybe people want me to share some more on this. Let me do a post about it and go deeper. And that just, it works hand in hand. And we just, we don't realize how easy it is to provide value but through engagement. We're always trying to think about how do I be an influencer? And we don't need more of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have done so many different things, you know, in my entrepreneurship journey myself, right? And so I even had to take uh, some advice from you at one point, which was to prune my network, mm -hmm. right? Because are you putting a message or content out there that's following on deaf ears, right? So yeah. if you did something in your past and those people that you may have connected and engaged with at some point are no longer relevant to what you're doing, yeah. you might want to consider pruning your network or if they're not engagers or if they're people who only connected to pitch slap you. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many reasons and it's a very painful time-consuming process, but I can tell you it's well worth it. Yeah. LinkedIn definitely doesn't make it easy. Instagram doesn't make it easy. Facebook doesn't make it easy. But, you know, I built this network up before, and, and to be honest, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is when I first started network, I've always been a great networker. Like, that was how I did a $5 million book of business in four years in small town Iowa, and I was really good at providing value in person in that network, but I was, I was definitely more of a taker in the beginning as I was learning how to do this. And I was taking a lot from my network, but not giving as much. And I had to learn how to unlearn that. And I was in recruitment for so long that I realized that a lot of my network only cared if I had a job to post or I could help them get a new job. And so I was creating all this content as I moved into entrepreneurship. And it's like, no one cares. That's not what they're following me for. That's not what they're connected to me for. And there was no engagement. And yeah, I had a lot of people on LinkedIn but they weren't the right people and it wasn't helping, it wasn't benefiting me. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna prune it all. I'm gonna get rid of a lot of people if they don't have a picture, if I don't remember them, if I don't have a personal connection to them, if they're not relevant to what I wanna talk about in entrepreneurship, I'm just removing it. And I went from like 7,000 down to like 4,500. And now I'm back up at wow. 8,000. I still go through it and have to prune because um, 
that's just it's a it's a process that I do every couple months. And what it also helps you do is I am not big. I don't care if I have a million followers or not. I'd rather have 500 highly active and engaged followers that are saying, hey, thank you. And I'm helping and providing value because those 500 will tell their friends and that will slowly grow of the right people in. I don't need a million people just have a million people. I mean, I ran a campaign once with a former company that as an influencer had like 5 million people in its network across all these platforms. And we did a partnership post, not a single sale came through. And I was like, what? I was like, that's all inflated in the dip. And I start, and this is before I really knew this is when I was going through my master's program. And after my master's program, I look back and I look back at this campaign and I look through all his demographic numbers like, wow, we were targeting the wrong demographic. His, who he's going after now and the stuff he's doing now is the wrong, is, is not what his demographic is. And his demographic doesn't care about the tool we had. And so it was a bad yeah. match and we spent money that we lost. And I was yeah. like, that was a big lesson for me. It's like my network needs to be aligned to my conversation, my topic, what I want to learn, where I want to grow into and what I want to do. And so I'm going to prune it. And that, that started that journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Right. And so like, even if you take it to more like of a personal example, right, is okay. Maybe you're not paying, but like the time to engage and, you know, uh, put content out there, you want to be putting out content to Mm -hmm. a network that's relevant, that cares about what you're saying. Right. And then there's also the other side of it where, you know, and this is very common with salespeople specifically, right? Like, like engaging with a bunch of other salespeople to get a bunch of likes and comments, if you don't sell to salespeople, what's the, where is the value in that? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, 100%, the only value in that is if you're trying to build and be relevant in your sales community and use that in some other way, with a personal professional growth in a different way, but that's not, like, I can go be relevant in a lot of different places, especially in like the sales community, but I don't sell to sellers, right? I, I sell to entrepreneurs and so, I go into these entrepreneurship communities, engage and do these different things. And so, you know, we tend to want to go where the likes and comments are. And so we mm. spend in those like in communities and it's great because you can learn a lot through that stuff, especially as it relates to tips and tricks, but it's not helping you sell to your end client or to build the relationships that are either business opportunities or professional growth. And to that point, I even had to prune like who I follow and the stuff that I follow. Because there's a lot of toxicity. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things and people and things I was following that were influencers that, you know, I just keep scrolling. It's like, okay, this is cool, but this is not relevant. And I'm not learning anything from it. I'm not, you know, so I actually pruned who I followed and started following people that I wanted to learn from. Things that I needed to grow into. Uh, and so that's that's how you, that's what this intentionality, you know, the second part of the book, right? The social soul mastering your personal professional brand with intentionality and authenticity, right? You got to be intentional about who you're connected to and where you engage. And when you engage, be authentic, right? I know that we all say the same things and, you know, the concept of original thought has gone down a little bit because there's so much content out there. It's really, you take something, you learn, you internalize it, like still like an artist, past and clean came out, right? And the idea is be authentic. When you say something, don't just like copy and paste what some other influencer said, like, how does that internalize and work for you? And when you comment on something, if you're going to do a copy paste from somebody else that's bigger, tag them, like utilize that, right? Like, give them credit. But if it's an original thought, like don't just take something and be like, oh, I'm going to say this because it sounds good. Like be authentically you. Like how does that, what does that mean to you? Hey, Colin, I appreciate your post about this because it really helped me see a different view 
of the concept of social selling. I really appreciate it. It's really fire. Thank you so much for sharing this content. Like that's how it tied to me and it's it's me. It's where the value I got. So that's where we need to get more of those conversations. And there's a lot of toxicity going on. People copy and paste in to be an influencer in the space and taking, you know, bigger people's stuff and calling it their own. It's a whole big mess. And that's something that I don't want to see more of. Like the whole idea is stop doing that. That's not helping you grow at all. That's not doing anything for you but likes and comments. And it makes you look bad. It's not driving business. Yeah. It's not driving real relationships. It's not driving opportunity. Stop wasting your time. That's the big thing, right? If it's not driving opportunity, right? And whatever that is, like whether you're looking for, you know, new clients, new partners, new business relationships, you know, whatever the case is, whatever relationships are of the most value to it, where, you know, you're in your current, you know, position mm-hmm. or whatever you do, you know, is what you're doing on social driving opportunity? That's a great question, mm-hmm. right? Because if you do what you were just explaining there, if you're not, if you're engaging without intentionality or you're connecting with not the right people mm-hmm. and they're engaging with you, it hurts you, Bad. right? So going back to the example, not to pick on salespeople, I love salespeople, <laughs> obviously, but I see this and it's a big problem specifically yeah. for salespeople. You know, it's, it's great to connect with your peers and learn from each other and support each other and help each other, but that should only be like a small ratio of what you do if salespeople are not what you target, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why is because if you're chasing likes and comments or if you're chasing being mentioned on the new top list of whatever, right? Yeah. Um, all of that engagement with you from those people that are not the ideal people that can drive opportunity for you mm-hmm. and all of your engagement with them, which are not the right people, mm-hmm. dr- that drives no opportunity, that's gonna curate your feed of what you see and who sees what you put mm-hmm. out and you're never gonna win and your social strategy is never gonna drive opportunity. Absolutely, like, <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head of, of like part of the meaning of the, the book, right? Like, there's three things I wanted people to take away and that is build with intentionality. Follow, connect, engage, with those that are gonna help you level up in the ways that you want to level up in, right? Um, be authentic, Be like talk about from a real place of who you are, what you learn, your experiences, and, and how to talk through that, and then engage. Engage, engage, engage. Be an engager, drive conversation, and great things will happen because when you engage with authenticity and intentionality, good things will come from it. And you just mentioned it, and you know, it, we talk about sales people a lot because you know you're not my background is heavily sales focused and we're a lot of sales communities so we see this happens um yeah. happen a lot and and you know we need to get away from this idea quality quantity over quality it's wrong right that's what we thought as sales people quantity over quality quality yeah. over quantity and everything you do you can still run at scale when you get good quality but you can't run quantity until you have good quality and your network your sales outreach, all these things. And that relates to every industry and every type of um, piece. Yeah, that was, that was a question that came up actually in the comments um, when I put out a post uh, of one of my favorite pieces from the book, mm-hmm. right? That was like, hey, can you, somebody had asked, can you do both, right? But mm-hmm. you got to start with, you got to start with quality first. Yeah, 100%. Right? Quality has to be the priority. And, and most people just, you know, have to learn this the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. That connect with anybody and everybody and 
and it used to be a lot easier too. I mean, I don't know what the limits were before. It was like 500 a week or something yeah. crazy, specifically on LinkedIn that you could connect with. And they cut that down to 100. So now you're kind of forced to be a little bit more intentional yeah. about who you connect with on LinkedIn, right? So when most people were probably freaking out about them, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you were probably like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I learned that the hard work right. too. Because I, I was originally quantity over quality. When I became an entrepreneur, started my, my businesses at the same time, I was like, I'm gonna accept everybody, right? And that was because yeah. I needed to in order to like understand where my network was going and where my network was going to. So that, there's a time for that. But you got to prune it if you're going to do that. Like if you start with quality first, everything will happen faster. And in fact, this yeah. actually leads me to a, a question I have for you because this is something that I get all the time and I talk about it a little bit in the book, but it's more a conversation that happens offline a lot. Will you accept a LinkedIn request without a message? Or a uh, note? Yeah, I will. I will. You will. Okay, I will. good. I will without too. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that I will not accept. And I will, I will, yeah. I will accept without... A note, if there's two things, if I go to your profile and you have a good headline, so I understand yeah. exactly what you yeah. do, right? Like Colin, if I, Colin sent me an invite without a note, well, he's a revenue first podcasting strategies, managed podcasting services. Like I know why he's reaching out to me, probably to talk about their A, guesting on a podcast or B, starting a podcast. And if I'm interested in podcasts, yeah. of course I'm going to connect with him, right? And then yeah. I'll look at your page and if you have like a featured or a good about me, you're in. If there's nothing about me or about me, it's all about your company. You don't have anything featured, like your features, your your resume. You're gonna pitch me. I'm not answering it, right? Mm -hmm. Notes are a great to have. If you have a note with it, I love it because it pops up the message. It allows me to respond. Because I'll always, if you send a message, if you send me an invite with a message or a note, pops yeah. up as a message on my LinkedIn Messenger. I will always respond to that, and I will give you an opportunity. I'll open the door for you to message me. If you pitch mm -hmm. me right after that, I will fucking delete you off that platform. Yeah, I'm right. giving you an opportunity I'm, to engage I'm, with me. I'm opening the door. Don't pitch me right away. Yeah, I, I love, I love this question for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, there is some people that are hard stamped. You don't send me a custom note, I'm not connecting, and that's yeah. fine. Um, and and I, I, my viewpoint is the same as yours, right? Like you have a good looking profile, solid pick, optimized. You're putting out content, you know, for you specifically. You know, you're putting out entrepreneur content. I see that. I feel like, hey, this is a dude I can learn something from. Mm -hmm. I'm going to accept it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what's interesting is I ran, I ran, and this is, you got to test on your own. Like mm -hmm. people like to say like, it's black and white. No, no note with note. It, there's too many variables to say that there's one way or the other. Yeah. It's, it's, first of all, it's a personal choice by some people, just how they feel about it, mm -hmm. right? And then secondly, how optimized your profile mm -hmm. is, what your role is, who you're targeting, who you're connecting with, like there's so many variables. So I actually ran an experiment. I don't know if you've heard about this experiment that I ran, maybe I've talked about it a bit, but um, for, and the, I'm gonna, they've heard about it on the podcast many times too, but it comes up because it's a, it's a common thing, right? And mm -hmm. so right around the time that LinkedIn changed the connection and they put it down to 100 a week, mm -hmm. that's all you get, right? Yeah. Uh, shortly after that, Vidyard rolled out their integration with LinkedIn. Yeah. And so I, I decided to run an experiment because there's all these people saying, number one, always send a, you know, there's a bunch of people saying, always send a note. And then there's also people saying, never send a video on the first touch point, like never. And so I'm like, I want to test some things, right? So what I did for eight weeks, for four weeks, for four weeks, I sent 100 invites every week 
to people that were targeted that I wanted to build relationships with and I sent no note, okay? 55% on average accepted really? over, over that period of time, okay? And, and, and then here's what's interesting though. Every single person, uh, as soon as they connected, you know, I missed a few here, but for the most part, mostly all of those, I sent a 30 second custom video mm -hmm. as the first interaction and I was booking like three to five meetings per day Yeah, through that of these people, starting conversations, adding something of value. They were targeted. So they're the people that I want to have conversations mm -hmm. with. I wasn't pitch slapping them. I was providing them something of value, inviting them to have a conversation about that. Yeah. So I booked like three to five meetings a day. Okay. Then for eight, for four weeks after that, I did the same experiment, mm -hmm. hundred invites every week. And, uh, with that, I sent a custom note, mm -hmm. kind of a light version of what the video would say. Slight, slight lift, slight lift in acceptance, 65%, mm -hmm. but booked less than half, half as many meetings. So like one and a half meetings per day. So about five a week or so, five or seven. Um, so way less actual conversations with people like off the platform mm -hmm. from that approach. I don't know why, but like, they just, when the second touch was a video, cause I sent a video after the message, yeah. they just, they didn't, the second, the, this, with the video being the second point of touch, there wasn't as much um, traction in them actually booking a meeting and having yeah. a conversation. Because probably, I mean, there's a couple different things. Like my initial thought is, oh, the video is just a file continuation of the message you sent. So it's the same content. So why would I watch it right. when I just read it? Um, right. That's that's one thing that initially comes to my mind. And two, it's like, I may be accepting because I could learn from you. I don't need to have an, a conversation with you right now. So I'm going to just like let it go. And also, for those that don't know, LinkedIn message kind of sucks. Um, you know, you can filter by on red. You can now put out of office. But it's, it, you know, it's very hard to manage. And yeah. Um, you can get lost. So connecting and then having like a message in the, the video as a second touch point it pops up. It's more cleaner because if I'm accepting you on mobile, I won't know that I got a message. I get online. Or I actually go to the message. But if I accept you when I'm on desktop, the message pops right up. Right. So it depends on too. like if a yeah. lot of our users are on mobile, so they're not going to see that message and they forget to look at it. So I think that having it done is no note is great because that message when you send it, it's actually come up as a new message. It doesn't come up as new on your mobile, but when you send it separately, it comes up as like a new message and becomes more easy to find and respond to. So there's a lot of different like things. I love this experiment, FYI. Um, and I think that it's super important. Video is great. Like when I do posts in my posts, like text posts give me more views and engagement than anything else, uh, yeah. which is great, right? Like LinkedIn's way of doing it, they wanna promote those conversations, videos can look too much like an ad. They want you to pay for it, whatever. When I post videos and I was doing a lot of video posts stuff, and even now I usually get less engagement, but I'll book a conversation on every video I post. Somebody's like, Hey, I really love this. Or I want to get your thoughts on this or something. Um, there's power in video and the power in video is that it gives them a real look at you to want to create yeah. that engagement and conversation, especially when it's that like first major touch point. And I think that's really yeah. powerful. It's the power of video in creating authentic engagement with each other that drive conversations that lead to bigger things. And I, yeah, I, I love it. I think that that's piece. a great point. I, I think that 
it's a great point, right? Because I think a lot of people are frustrated with video, specifically on LinkedIn. I mean, I spend 80%, probably 90% of my effort on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Um, I do a little bit on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter. Don't do TikTok. Uh, don't do Facebook, really. But um, I think people are a little frustrated with video, right? Because it doesn't have the reach that it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they're not, what they're missing is exactly what you said, right? Like, so when you're intentional about who you're connecting with and then they go check you out to mm-hmm. see like, hey, do I want to connect? You think they're going to go and read a bunch of text posts? Yeah. Probably not. Maybe, maybe some, but like they're going to scroll and like a video is going to stand out mm-hmm. and they're going to get a little 30 second clip, a little three minute video where they start to feel like they know you, they know what you're all about. Then they decide like, mm-hmm. one, do I want to connect with this dude? Two, do I want to have a conversation with this person? Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. So there's power in video beyond oh, just the likes and the comments. <laughs> and that's why value is important, right? Driving value, putting good out, engaging, all these different things. Like, if you're doing it for the likes and the comments and for the reach, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I mean, you need reach to get engagement, right? So, you know, for, for if you're starting out, your big metric should be, you know, how many times your post was viewed, Right. And then once it's viewed, it's how many likes. And once it's likes, how many comments. And then once you start getting consistent comments, I like to go look at my likes and comments and say, okay, how many of these are not first degree? So when I start seeing a number, like a big bulk of like second and third degree connections, liking and commenting on my stuff, then I know that my reach is starting to really be organic growth into new people I should be connecting with. And so, it, you know, it, it's a process. Everyone wants to go from step one to step five. And you don't realize you have to be intentional about every step and understand that it's a journey. It's a marathon and not a sprint. And depending on where you are careers, because you know, going back to the note versus no note thing, if your intention of using LinkedIn, because a lot of people think that it's job focused. So if you're looking for a job and connecting for people for jobs, whatever, use notes. Like if you're looking to grab a coffee, get a job or applying for a job and using it for that, notes. But outside mm. of that, I don't think, I think for like a, a lot of new grads who don't have a lot of content, like, and they're starting to develop, like that's a great time to use notes when you're younger um, because you don't have a lot to, a lot of legs to stand on, right? So this is a great time. Hey, I'm yeah. new to the game. I love your content, want to learn from you. Or I would love to grab a coffee and pick your brain. Or, hey, I just applied for a role at your company. I saw that you're the hiring manager. I know that my, you know, I follow in the process. I know that it could get lost. Here's a 60 second video or a 30 second video why I think I'd be a great fit and provide value to your company. Not why I want the job, but why would it be a great yeah. fit for your company and why you should give me a look? Because I'll bring value to you and help your company grow. That's when you use those yeah. and that's where that could be super powerful. Yeah, yeah. So it, there is certain use cases where like, depending on where you are or what your intention is, that a note makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? 100%. I, I, it drives me nuts when people try to take a hard line of like, this is the way to do it and you're anything, you know. It's like you gotta have your own experience and like what your intentions are are going to change, you know, whether using a note, yeah. you know, going back to that example or not makes sense. And there's, there's the fear factor, right? Like not everyone is really great on a video and not everyone's good at it. And it, it takes time, right? But some people cannot express things in words talking yeah. the way they can writing. Like I write, like I talk, like writing this book, this book is perfectly imperfect because I have a good editor that helped, but, yeah. it's, but I mean, I wrote, like I talk, like when you read it, you're probably like, oh man, Rob's like speaking to me. Like, it's yeah, not- I think there was even an <laughs> F-bomb in there, which I loved. <laughs> first, first, the first <laughs> sentence, um, you know, I'm really, I always try to not cuss as much because I was around my nieces this weekend. I was like, you know, really tough, um, tough to do. I'm kind of unfiltered that way. But 
the whole point and why I called the book The Social Soul, originally the book's title was The Social Seller. Uh, and I didn't like it. Mm. And I really wanted to be more about engagement. Like, who I was working with, it's like, oh, The Social Seller, it'll be more focused business. But I was like, I don't like it. And I really yeah. like the idea of Social Soul because everyone tries to take a hardline stance on social. And here's the gist of it. Going back to the three things I want everyone to take away is that it's not black or white. It's not this or that. Your online experience and the way you develop networks through social, whether you like it or not, we live in a digital yeah. age and the pandemic proved that when we're all working from home. We live in a digital social age. You have to learn how to use this in some way, shape or form, right? And however that is to you, whatever you're most comfortable with, whatever works within the communities that you engage in and serve and want to connect with, it's how you should be using it. And it should ebb and flow on what you're comfortable with. You're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're going to have to overcome fear. You're gonna have to do some of these things, but let it be your journey. Your journey is impressive because it's yours. And however it takes for you to get to where you wanna be online, be authentically you, show your social soul, engage first, do the things to practice and create meaningful engagement. And as you get more and more comfortable, you can start creating content, you can start sending videos, you can start doing these things. But if we tell them, hey, here's the playbook, hence the first line of the sentence is, this is not a fucking playbook. Right? If yeah. you're giving you a playbook, you're going to try that playbook. It's not going to work right away. And you're like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. Because it right. works as long as it's authentically you. Bring yourself, yeah. your personality to it, and it will grow in the way that it's supposed to grow. At whatever yeah. speed that needs to happen for you to manage it, leverage it, and be intentional with it. Because that's where the magic of social happens in the way that I look at it. If you want to be an influencer, go on TikTok, get all the viral trends and whatever, do all your dances, do all your things, do all of that. You'll grow quickly. But is that the topic of conversation you want to be? Like, shit, not, not for me. I'm not telling you how to get make money quick. Entrepreneurship is hard. You can go look at TikTok right now and find or reels and you can go find 50 people saying, I can show you how to make 20 grand in a month drop shipping or growing your yeah. TikTok from 20 to 250. I don't fucking care because I know growing a business that's scalable is hard. And that's why I launched yeah. my podcast, The Bare Necessity of Entrepreneurship, right? To talk through those journeys. Growing a social following is hard. But if you be authentic and you show your social soul, it will happen. It will come and it will be your journey and you'll be able to manage it with intentionality and drive great business. And that's what I want people to do. And like, that's where social needs to go because it's so loud. It's so noisy. I'm tired of seeing so many people try to be freaking Instagram influencers and LinkedIn influencers and all these things yeah. and it's not what it's about. Yeah, because if you if you follow the latest trend, I mean, by the time you figure it out, it's going to be on to a new one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's not sustainable. It's not. You know, it, it's it, chasing. It, it's not. If you show up authentically as yourself, be yourself, your journey, like that's not work, right? Uh, that's why I hate it. I hate it when people say. I need help creating my personal brand. <laughs> I don't like to, your your brand is what it is. You just like you you are your brand. It's not something you need to create. It's just being yourself. It is. I do. Right? I mean, there is some intentionality around that, and there are ways because some of us aren't as great at it. Like I had somebody interview me. I actually have a, a guide. If anybody listens to this and shoots me a note on any platform, and you have my links in the show notes, and say, "Hey, Rob, I love your ninety question stock." I'll send it to you. Yeah. And it's 90 questions to have somebody either you interview yourself and answer and create content around or have them ask you. And that's everything around business. Like, what are you passionate about? What wakes you up to? Like, 
how would you would you survive a zombie apocalypse like what's like what's your secret to surviving a zombie apocalypse like those kind of things because that is you and allows you to just open up into being authentically you so if you want that 90 questions doc link down below reach out to me comment dm me whatever it is make sure i see it i will i'll share with you i'll share with your community con yeah awesome man we're gonna drop your beacons page in there and anything else so that people can get into your world um and that's it man i love the book i'm so glad you didn't go with the social seller (laughs) Um, because it would have been so easy it would have been so easy for you to just go with that Mm -hmm. because people know what that is right like oh i need to be social selling like people get that because so many people talk about it right yeah but I'm glad you went with the social soul because that's authentic to Rob yeah. Knapp. And I appreciate that. I mean, I, I will say this, that um, I never fully liked where we were going with the social seller, and I'm glad. And writing a book is tough for anyone out there. At one point in the middle of this book, I read the first six chapters, and I didn't like it. And I did Control-Alt-Delete. I deleted the whole fucking thing and rewrote it. In like mm. three weeks, like I was at a deadline that, to get it done, like because I had like I had set up all these things and like publishing, and so like they they keep you on a tight deadline. Otherwise, you get dropped back, and it's like mid next year, which is way too late. Like the whole book would have changed. Um, I remember one day I sat down, I was like, I don't like this. I'm like, where it's going? This is after we named it the Social Soul and all that stuff. But I just remember when I was reading it, I was trying to write the book like a book and not like write it like me. And mm. I did Control Delete and started over and then finished it in three and a half weeks because I had the prompts. I knew what I wanted to say. And when I just free flowed it from me and let it be authentically me again, that's what happened. So like for those that don't know, like that's like something I don't tell many people, but that was a really tough thing in the middle of this writing process that I did because I started to write the book for book writing purposes and I stopped being authentically me and I had to take my own advice and like, you know what, write this like Rob Knapp would do it. Control delete, start over again, and that's why I said oh, my book is perfectly painful. imperfect, man. And I love it. Like, um, you know, the, the edition I even sent to you, there was an issue with printing, and there were some page numbers off, and a few things that, that they made mistakes on that I had to go get fixed. And I was like, shit, I just sent out forty copies for first reads, and they're they're perfectly imperfect, and I had to go get it fixed. <laughs> like this process, but you know what? You know, just like I say in the book, like when it comes down to everything you do. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Get good out. Test it. You can always edit it, but be you. Don't let the fear, everything else of being perfect, put it out. Just go do it. Engage, create, and then learn, iterate, because that's, as you said, being authentically you. So that's what it's all about. comes from a very real place. I put some of my own stories and journeys in there and and um you know i kept yeah. it short it's only 99 pages for a reason i want it to be a quick read with lots of value that drives secondary conversations so go check it out and i thank you for letting me um you know talk about it here but also for the 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 feedback you gave me for you know being a first reader for those out there you know colin and and chris i i do a lot of work with the sales cast and what they're doing in the podcast world and on the communities that they've built, which I think is amazing. If you don't know about the sales cast community, you should check it out because there's a Slack group that has some amazing content and people in it. And, you know, that's why I wanted you and Chris to be a part of reading the first reads. And I sent it out to those that have built authentic brands and who talk about these things and are still going through it yourself, as you talk about. 
uh, yeah. and, the, and the, the iterations and changes in your entrepreneurial journey. So I appreciate you for sharing that and, and for your community that you've built and allowed me to be a part of, because that's been um, really a cool thing that I've been able to be a part of and leverage in, in my book and in my experiences and the things I speak and train on. Yeah, awesome, man. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Go get your copy of Social Soul. Drop a link there. We're going to r- drop Rob's Beacon page. You could also find out Bare Necessities, his podcast. If you're an entrepreneur, it's a podcast you definitely want to subscribe to. Any final thoughts before we wrap things up? We're going to make sure they have everything they need to, to get into Rob Knapp's world. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, I think I just kind of talked. I kind of gave you the big the ending spiel of just do it and don't let perfect get in the way of, get in the way of good because it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah. To, to be authentically yeah. you. And again, being authentically you is the highs and the lows. Like you have a journey in your journey, stop comparing it to others. It's impressive because it's yours and allow that to feed who you are and everything you do and build with intention. So I'll leave it there. Appreciate you Colin for letting me come back on. Hope everyone out there listening has an amazing 2022 and, and make it, you know, I always talk about it. I don't wait to the beginning of the year to start resolutions or anything like that. It's just a continuation of continued growth and being curious and learning. So I hope you make 2022 another year about continuous personal growth as we have a lot of changes happening in the world and this is your chance to grow and engage with it. All right, thanks my man. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out and we're always listening for your feedback. You can go over to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.